Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Every year around this time as we come to the end of the year, uh, we pause and we reflect and we do a, a series on legacy. And, and it leads up to our legacy offering that we do, our end of the year offering. If you're new to Authentic Church, um, we, you may have noticed we don't take offerings uh, throughout the year, but three times. And we do that in accordance with Deuteronomy 16, where it was three times a year, the Lord requested the heads of the households to come and present themselves before the Lord. And every time they did, they would bring an offering. They do that three times a year. So at Authentic Church, um, we only do that three times a year. We do it in, in January. We do a special offering to Israel. And this past year, you guys so generously were able to help bless a Christian congregation in Israel that was having a hard time being able to buy a piece of property. And they were able to buy a piece of property in an area called Ashdod. And uh, that you've probably heard that on the news if you've been following along with what's been happening in the war in Israel. And I have good news for you that that church is still standing today. There's a lot of buildings around it that are no more, but that church is still standing and you and your generosity helped them and that congregation to pay for that. The second offering that we do is, uh, it's our anniversary offering. It's an offering of thanksgiving. It's a time where uh, in September, as we reflect on all that God has done, we just give him thanks and praise and we have a special time of offering. And then the third offering that we do every year is our legacy offering. And the legacy offering is a little bit different, whereas the first one goes to Israel, the one in our anniversary is kind of looking back on all that God has done. Our legacy offering is really positioning us for all that God is going to do. And we do that every December. And I just want to encourage you in that to prepare your hearts and to pray as to what God would have you and participate in. And it's not about a dollar amount. But I do ask, as if you consider this place home and you would consider me your pastor, I would ask everybody to participate in praying and just asking God, Lord, what would you have me give? From the, the widow with the two mites to the millionaire's check, all of it is simple obedience to God. And we know that when 100% of us participate this way and just say, Lord, what would you have me give into what area of ministry? The Lord is faithful to speak to people and his people are faithful to respond in obedience. We hear and we obey. That's it. We pray and we obey whatever he tells us to do. And so I just want to encourage you to lean into that. And uh, one of the reasons we do the legacy series as we lead up to this is that I don't know about you, but I can have what I call a little bit of continental drift in my soul. I have this gravitational pull, if you will, to live my life all about me all about my family, all about my needs, all about what we're going to do in the coming year. And I think all of us in this room could probably relate to that, that sometimes I can be all about my three most important people in my life, me, myself, and I, right? My three faves, right? But God wants us to look at, through the lens of eternity, into how we can sow into the lives of others. And we know this is true. We know this saying to be true. Life is short, eternity is real, and people matter most. And so I'm gonna pray today, and as I pray, I wanna encourage you to lean in, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you during the preaching of the word, and I believe that we're gonna have an encounter with God today, amen? 
Let's pray and let's dive into the word of God. Lord, we thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is life. It's alive. It's living. It's a light to our path. So God, I thank you. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. God, I thank you that it pierces. It divides soul and spirit. It discerns thoughts. God, I thank you right now for speaking to your people. God, I pray, God, for the soil of our hearts right now to be softened to the things of you. And we just ask that you would speak to us today. Speak to us in your word. God, nobody came to hear a man speak. We all came to hear you speak, God. So we just ask you to speak right now in the moments we have together. God, your servants are listening. Speak in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I wanna talk to you today about building a legacy of hope. If you're taking notes today, write that down. Building a legacy of hope. And I encourage you to take notes. Note takers are history makers. So take notes. So spend some time. When you take notes, you're more engaged. When you take notes, you have something to reflect on afterwards, right? So I want to encourage you to take notes today. Building a legacy of hope. Now, legacy is a noun. And what does legacy talk about? Legacy is when we invest in and build with our lives. It will be passed on to others. Legacy is the imprint and the impact of our lives that will outlive us. And the heart of legacy is really having a vision, having a dream, something you can see, something you're reaching for, believing for, that's going to outlive you. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Now, that, that doesn't mean that you're going to maybe physically die but you will be dying some sort of slow death in your soul if you don't have a vision or a purpose for living. And there's a lot of people that are walking through life and they're, I call them dead man walking. They're going through life, but they're going through the motions. They're going to a job that they don't like. They're punching a clock. They're going home. They're present with their family, but they're not really present with their family. And they're going through the motions. And if you're not careful, you go through seasons like that where it goes from a few days to a few weeks. Could be a few years. And then people begin to numb and they begin to medicate and do different things that further separates them, further distances them from having that sense of purpose. But when you have that purpose, man, when you have that fire, when you have something in your life that you're living for, believing for, someone you're praying for, some, somewhere where you have to show up, there's a sense of a good obligation that you have to a person, a family, an individual, uh, a cause. When you have that fire inside of you, man, it wakes you up inside. It gets you out of the bed, out of the bed in the morning. Like there's purpose, there's an excitement, there's a passion that you have. I like how it says in Proverbs 29:18, it says, it this way in the message translation, a paraphrase translation of the Bible. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are the most blessed. I think everybody would say, I want to be blessed. Like, I, I, I think all of us, if we're honest, we're like, I, I want to be blessed. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed by God. We've been talking over the last few weeks. We talked about keys to financial breakthrough. And one of the things that we shared was the blessings of God aren't necessarily physical blessings unless they are. Like there's times where God would show up and supernaturally bless somebody's life in the natural as they were blessed also in the spiritual. And if you take a look at words in 
in the, in the Hebrew and in the Greek. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. And, um, and when you take a look at a Hebrew word, uh, it's so hard to unpack. And some of you, you've been to Israel and you could say a word, like if you've ever done something where you had a translator and it's like you said something short and then it took them like a minute to say what you said, that's kind of what it is like in Hebrew. Like you could say a simple phrase in Hebrew and they're gonna unpack a paragraph, right? You know, And so you, you have some words that are really, like Greek is not that way. When you translate from Greek to Latin to English, like it's pretty easy. Like it's kind of word for word, most of it. It's thought for thought in some areas, but primarily it's word for word. But when you get into the Hebrew words, man, it's like, it's, it's sentences to unpack what one word said. And it's hard to express. And, and the Hebrew language creates this, this picture. Psalms 126 says this. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion... We were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. And that word dream in the Hebrew doesn't mean dream like you and I think about it. The word dream in the Hebrew actually says, it actually means restored to health. That with a dream in your heart, with something that you're living for beyond yourself, when you catch God's heart and his mind, when you begin to dream with God, health gets restored to your lives. I, I think when we look across the, the landscape of the world right now, there's a lot of people that aren't healthy. And I'm not talking just physical health. I'm, I'm talking like there, there's something that's sick in souls. There's a, there's, a, there's a pain that a lot of people are carrying around that they've never really gotten healed from. Uh, years years ago, I, I I broke my leg and and I was just jumping off stairs and we would do this thing to see how far you could jump from like the highest height. Like anybody ever do that? Like in school when you were a kid, like you'd try to jump off this level and then you'd go up with the bigger kids and you'd want to jump off that big level and then it was like, well, I'm going to jump off the roof, right? And so we would do that and jump as far as we could we could jump. Well, one day I'm like, I'm gonna jump the whole flight of stairs. So I run and I take off and I jump the whole flight of stairs and I come down, I'm like, oh, oh, you know? And, uh, and so I hobble around for two days complaining to my parents that my leg's sore. And my dad's like, well, you shouldn't have jumped off the stairs. You know? And we go to the doctor and they're like, uh, it's broken. <laughs> and I'm like, I told you, dad, <laughs> you know? I wasn't just, why I'm not a baby. <laughs> like, I have a high tolerance to pain, you know? And then they had, to, they had to set that and then they wrap it in a cast, you know. If you don't set it properly, if you don't wrap it properly, if you don't heal properly, then the rest of your life, you're just gonna kind of walk with a limp. And I think right now what you're seeing in life is there are a lot of people that are walking around and everything looks good here, but when you see them move and how they do life, they walk with a limp. And they just haven't gotten fully healed. I'm believing that this is gonna be a season, this is gonna be a house where people are actually gonna get fully healed. And when you, no matter what problems you might be facing in life, you should know this, that the biggest way to solve your problems isn't to solve your problems. It's to have something bigger than your problems. Like Jesus said, you're gonna have issues in life. But if he's in your boat, then you can trust him no matter what storm you go through. When you have purpose in your life, you know that when I get to the other side, I'm gonna see that demon-possessed man be set free. Like when, when you have something that's bigger than any problem that you might be facing, you deal with car issues, and I've been dealing with them, and some of you have too. It's like, okay, it's no big deal. 
You, d- you deal with some financial stuff. Dude, we're gonna make it. God is faithful. The righteous have never been left begging for bread. He's gonna take care of our family. You go through some marriage stuff. You know what? We said till death do us part. And she's not gonna kill me and I'm not gonna kill her. So we're just gonna work this out. You can go through lots of things if you have a purpose is greater than what you're in the middle of right now. It doesn't mean your circumstances are gonna be perfect. But if you have a purpose that's bigger than your circumstances, man, you can face a lot. Remember years ago, my wife and I, we were blessed to go on a missions trip to Africa. And we go there and we're, we're, we're literally going through Africa and there's a, there was one of the kids in an orphanage that we served at and he was so happy, man. He was just big smile on his face and he was running around and he was playing with this toy and zipping it around. And I'm like, I look at his toy and the toy that he was playing with was a cassette tape that he had unwound. If you don't know what that is, it was like the coolest thing back in the 80s. So he had his cassette tape and it was unwound and he's pulling it around like it's, like it's a toy that you would just pull around. And he was having the best time with it. He thought that was the coolest thing in the world. It's all perspective. It's a perspective shift. And we live in Orange County. I get it. And everybody in here, you can say, well, I'm not trying to keep up with the Joneses, but the marketing people are trying to get you to think that you have less when you don't have less. They try to get you to think that your life, you're, you're, you're going to miss out if you don't have this thing, if you don't go to this place, if you don't have this experience. And God's like, time out. Really, what do you have need of? And what are you living for? The biggest way to solve your problems isn't to solve your problems, is to have something bigger than your problems. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9. He says, We are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, not abandoned. I've been struck down. I'm still standing. You can't destroy me. Paul says this. I'm hard-pressed. I'm not crushed, though. 2 Corinthians 4, 17, he goes on to say, For our light and monetary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. I find it interesting when I read stuff like this, when Paul says for our light and momentary troubles, I notice one thing. There's a difference between me and Paul. (laughs) Light and momentary is very subjective. What Paul calls light, I would say that's heavy. What Paul calls momentary, I'm like, brother, that seems long. Like, like we, we read about Jesus, and I talked a little bit about it when we did communion today, but Jesus took pain. Like he was delivered 39 lashings on his back. And the only reason they wouldn't do 40 is because it became outlawed that you couldn't hit somebody 40 because so many people seem to die once you hit that 40th blow. And they would do 39 where they'd take this, this, this leather strap with bone and fragments of glass and rock and they would hit you and, and they would do it 39 times. They would do 13 on your left trap and they would hit you and they'd drag it down and they'd hit you and drag it down. They'd do it 13 times on the left trap, 13 times on the right trap and then as you're, they're holding you up there strapped, they would take it on your back and go from the top to the bottom on your back 13 times. 39 times Jesus took that. Paul, he's talking about light and momentary. That happened to Paul five times. Jesus took it once. Paul took that five times. And he's saying light and momentary afflictions. 
There's other times Paul's shipwrecked. He's snake bitten. He's, he had a time where he was literally bobbing up and down in the sea like a cork for 24 hours. And freezing cold water in the Mediterranean Sea. It's not like what probably it looks like on pictures, okay? He's bobbing in the sea for 24 hours. And he calls that light and momentary affliction. Why could Paul say that? Because he had a purpose that was bigger than what he was facing. And that's the key. That's the key to life, is finding something that you have a purpose for that's bigger than what you are feeling. And Paul goes on to say this in 2 Corinthians 4.18. He says, so fix your eyes on, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And I just wanna encourage us today And all of our doing is we go into Thanksgiving and we get into Christmas, and I know there's like four Saturdays of shopping until Christmas, not to cause anxiety in anybody in the room. But as we do this, the tendency, the gravitational pull, the continental drift of our soul could be all about me and not pausing and reflecting on others and what God wants to do. Acts 2.17 says, in the last days, God says this, I will pour out my spirit on all people. I will pour out my spirit on all people. You know what revival looks like? Some would say revival is going to be super long worship services and we're going to, we're going to worship for hours and hours. Yeah, that's part of it. Cool. We're going to have prayer meetings that go all night long. Yeah, I've I've been part of that. And I would say that was revival. Revival is going to be healings. There's going to be tons of healings. I believe that'll be part of it. But really the hallmark of revival It's found in the second part of this verse. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. One of the markers for when revival comes is the people of God see again. They see again. That life was dim, but now it's crystal clear. They, 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 when revival comes, I see again. I, I, I have greater purpose. My, my life was very nearsighted, but suddenly I can see far. I can, I can see past this year in this momentary affliction. I can see past 2023. I can see past my life and into the lives of my children and my grandchildren. I can, I can see past all of that. Sight gets restored. My goal today is to help us get our sight back. <laughs> And maybe you're here today and you feel like, man, you've lost your sight a little bit. Jesus, there's a story in the Bible where he's praying for a blind man. And it says he he prays for him and then Jesus says, what do you see? And the guy says, I see men who look like trees walking around. Well, when he said that statement, when you read that, then immediately you know at one point he saw. Because how would he know what men look like, what trees look like, if he hadn't seen before. So when he says, I see men who look like trees walking around, it tells us as we read that text, oh, this guy, he had sight before, but something happened in his life where then he began to have blindness. And Jesus opens up his eyes and he sees again. Today, this morning, I wonder if God is trying to open up our eyes to see something fresh again. There's five types of people in in this room, and this is five types of people in the world. Five types of people. Number one, there are people that have no dream. 
You have no dream. And that's kind of a scary place. You're just kind of like, man, I, I'm just kind of going through the motions. I, I really don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm waking up. I'm having breakfast. I'm leaving the house. I come home. I sleep in the same bed every night. But I really don't have that fire. I don't have something inside of me. I, I don't have a dream. If that's you today, God wants to encounter you and give you a dream. And the second type of person in this room is somebody with the wrong dream. It could, be, it could be a fine dream. It's just not the God dream. It's the, it's the wrong dream. You may have a dream of making money, but you lost the, the purpose for the prosperity that God wants to give you. You've lost the reason for the why, and it became all about the something rather than the someone. The third person in the room is somebody with a stale dream. Maybe you're here and, man, you had a dream. You were once on fire for the things of God. You were witnessing. You were serving in church. You were giving. You were going out. You were involved in community. And somewhere along the lines, that just got kind of stale. Maybe you had some hurt in situations or what have you, and you kind of closed off to people coming into your world anymore. I just want to encourage you, even despite the pain that comes in relationships, Man, when you get in the right relationships, it's so worth it to release that, to come into community, to come into fellowship and relationship with another person. Number four, the fourth type of person is a vague dream. You, you have a dream, but it's, it's not specific. It, it's kind of like big. It's kind of pie in the sky, but it doesn't have legs to it. If I asked you to write your vision and make it plain, you'd have a hard time doing it. You'd speak in generalizations, a vague dream. It's kind of like those that have vague prayers. You know, when somebody, when I ask to, you know, you know, a lot of times I'll text people and friends and people in my life and I'll just say, hey, how can I be praying for you today? And it's like when they fire back world peace, like, okay, like that, like, <laughs> that's a vague prayer, right? How about in your life, how can I pray? How's the peace in your life? How's the peace in your world? So maybe you're here today and you just have a vague dream where it's like, man, I, I, I don't know. I haven't actually taken time to really steward what God's put in my heart to really see that crystallized. And then the fifth type of person in this room, you got a God dream. You got a God dream, you are on fire for the things of God. There's things in your heart that nobody knows about and you've been dreaming with God. Wouldn't it be cool? And you've been going to work with your dad. And there's, there's, a, there's a passion, there's a fire. I believe that God wants every single person in this room to get a God dream, to, to be able to see with his eyes, see people the way he sees them. That God dream that like, it, it, does, it doesn't just wake you up, it keeps you up. Like I'll, I'll, I'll tell you for me, I, I have a whiteboard in, in, my, in my bedroom, where is my office, is my bedroom also serves as my office right now. And I've got a whiteboard in there and I dream with God on this whiteboard. And I can see a ministry center that seats two, 300 people. I, I can see classrooms that are used for kids on Sunday mornings and it's used for healing and deliverance sessions during the week and counseling sessions throughout the week. I, I can see a building that, that we could actually do after school programs with youth and we could train them in, in godly entrepreneurship and see business people launched into the marketplace that are carrying the presence of God into their workplaces and into their businesses. I can, I can see places where we would have marriage gatherings and conferences and refreshers and, and we could have uh, classes with young people 
people and teach them about their God-given identity, not the stuff the world's trying to shove at them. Like I, I, I could see it. I could see a building that also has as a has a cool coffee shop, like with good coffee that you actually want to go and drink in a place you'd actually want to hang out. Like I can see it in my mind that the coffee shop could be like the modern day watering well where people would come together every single day and have that cup of coffee. And I, I could see God encounters happening in that place. I can, I, I, I can see that. I, I can see people getting baptized by the tens every single week and, and new believers coming into relationship with Jesus. Like I can see it, man. I'm dreaming with God. I'm, I'm, I'm praying that as you take time over this week and, and you have time of thanksgiving, just reflect and dream with God. Like there's something special inside of you. Nobody else has. Hone in on that. You say, I don't know what my special is. I, I don't think I'm that special. I'm telling you, you are. And if you'll spend time with God and asking him those questions, he's gonna light a fire inside of you. Legacy is all about dreaming. Godly legacy is about dreaming the right dreams where you get a picture of what's on God's heart. Let me tell you what's on God's heart. What's on God's heart is the person that's not sitting next to you. That's what's on God's heart. That's what he cares most about. The person that's not here today, that man, if something happened in their life and their life was over, that they would not spend eternity with him. That's what's on his heart today. That's what's on his heart today. This, this morning, as you leave today, you're gonna be given uh, one of these legacy guides. And every year, I spend time praying and fasting and seeking God really to get a word for our church that God has for us to steward. We're called to be stewards. He speaks, we steward what he tells us to do. That's it. And when we do what he tells us to do, it's a win. It may not always look like a win numbers wise or what have you, but if, you're, if your definition of a win is what you see with your eyes rather than the obedience of your heart, then you're missing it. And so we spend time praying, fasting, seeking to get a word from God, and then we steward that word in the coming year. And a lot of times what God does is along with the word he gives us, he gives us some sense of strategy to be a bit of a vision carrier, a vehicle that helps to deliver the word that he spoke to us. And so I'm gonna share more on the word of the Lord for us in the, in, as we begin next year, the first, the first Sunday back in January, I'll be sharing that. But with that, God gives some different things that we call lanes of legacy. And so you'll be given on your way out today a legacy guide. And that's just our best attempt to put on paper some of the vision that God's put in our hearts. And so in the legacy guide, it outlines uh, what we call three different lanes of legacy. And I'll just highlight them right here. There's a hope project. There's the new believers box. I'm very stoked about that. And then expansion plans. And I, every week as we lead up to our legacy offering, December 3rd, I'm just gonna highlight one of these. And today I just wanna highlight the hope project that we're believing God for. And uh, we have this idea for uh, these hope bracelets. This is just kind of an idea that God dropped into my heart uh, last year, actually. I've been praying through it. But the idea behind this is if you see the man in the picture, he's got a bracelet that says hope. And on that bracelet, there's actually a QR code. And the idea would be this. You have a hope bracelet in your possession, in your purse, ladies, or on your wrist, etc. And you're in the grocery store. And because of you carrying a hope bracelet, you're looking for somebody to give hope to. And you see that person that 
God highlights to you and says, I want you to give them the hope bracelet. It's as simple as walking up to them and saying, hey, I don't know where you're at or what's going on in your world today, but I carry this bracelet around with me everywhere I go and I look for somebody to give hope to. And I just feel like God wants to tell you that he sees you and and there's hope for you. I don't know what situation you might be going through, but I just wanna encourage you, God's got hope for you. That may be the end of your conversation. That may be the beginning of a conversation. But the goal is that that's the beginning that leads them into a relationship with Jesus. And what they're gonna do is on that hope bracelet, if they take it and if they scan that QR code, they're gonna be taken to some videos. And the videos are basically gonna be a a video of a modern day track. You remember what the tracks are? That's like way old school, 70s and 80s stuff, right? Where they would hand out a piece of paper and it's like, do you know if you're going to heaven? You know, here's why or whatever. And basically the videos are gonna be like that. And they're gonna scan that. And on the video, it's gonna be myself. And I'm gonna say something to the effect of, if you're watching this video, it's because somebody gave you a bracelet that said hope on it. And I want you to know that person that gave you that bracelet was praying that you would receive the same hope that they received. And I don't know what you're going through, but there's always hope. And I'm gonna encourage them in the God of hope. And that's gonna walk them into a very clear, concise presentation of the gospel. That Jesus loves them, that God so loves them, that he sees them, that's no accident that they were given that bracelet and watching a video right now, and he's calling them into relationship with them. And it's their choice now, are they gonna answer? And hopefully, they'll, it'll lead them into a relationship with Christ And then after that, as they come to relationship with Christ, then we're gonna direct them into the church and into the new believers class and the new believers box they're gonna get, which is gonna be awesome. I'll share more of that next week. But we have a vision to see 5,000 of those bracelets go out to the world around us in Orange County. And I believe we can do it. If every person just took one bracelet a week and said, I'm gonna give one bracelet away every single week, I believe we can do that. We're gonna do them for the adults and we're gonna do them for the kids. We're gonna mobilize our little warriors that are in the kids' ministry and they're gonna be carriers of the gospel and they're gonna be sharing it with their friends at school. It's pretty awesome. I'm pretty excited about that. Now we have a goal. Uh, Some might look at that and say 5,000 bracelets. Our, Our goal for the project was to raise $25,000 and that would help fund the project and some of the social media stuff and some some pay-per-click things that we wanna do to get the word out there in this area, in this circumference. You can do some really targeted marketing and that would also position us to be strong in areas of outreach. This, the Hope Project, the umbrella this falls under at our church is outreach. And so the goal would be that we would raise that amount. Basically what that boils down to, it's 5,000 bracelets that we wanna get out that's basically boils down to $5 a bracelet. Now, does it cost $5 a bracelet? No, <laughs> that'd be one heck of a nice bracelet. You can get them at cost a lot cheaper than that. But the overall cost of the project and all that we have a vision for is gonna be that amount divided by the 5,000. That's where you get that amount. So anyway, so I wanna encourage you, um, when you leave today, that'll be in the brochure, the guide to giving. And you can see that. And also in there will be um, a commitment card. And that's just simply saying, hey, I'm, I'm gonna commit to giving this towards this project or this ministry or just general fund towards the church. I wanna commit to this. And every year for Fawn and I, for years, we've had giving goals that we've done. And, um, and the Lord has always exceeded our expectations in that. 
He's always exceeded our expectations. And I'm reminded of this scripture out of Isaiah 32, 8. It says, but the generous people plan to do what is generous. Then they stand firm in their generosity. So again, we're not taking up any offering today. I'm just letting you know about it. I'm just asking you as your pastor, if you would just pray about that. We believe that these, what you're going to read in this legacy giving guide is really God's dream, the vehicle for how he wants to deliver that. And again, the word dream, it means restore to health. We want to see the things that are on the paper that you're going to look at. We're going to see it be a vehicle for the dream of God to see people restored to health, all of them. My question for us today, as we get ready to close is, what are you believing God for? And more importantly, who are you believing God for? I had an opportunity last week during service. A young man came up to me after service and he said, hey, Pastor Jeff, could you pray for me? And I said, yeah, man, what's going on? He says, well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm taking off. I'm gonna be out of town traveling for business. I'm gonna be down in Houston. Uh, it could be a few weeks. It could be like till June. And uh, so I just wanted prayer for that. And I began to ask him some different questions. And, and uh, I, I, said, uh, I said, you know, tell, tell me more about the opportunity, et cetera. And he begins to share things with me. And I ask more pointed questions on where he's at with Christ. Long story short, he'd been coming here, but he had never really dedicated his life to Jesus. He'd never really had that salvation moment. And last Sunday, this young man, Mason, accepted Christ right here after service and he filled out one of these cards that says, I'm giving my life to Jesus. And I sat down with him and I got him a Bible and I began to walk him through some scriptures, took him down the road of Romans, the Roman road and Romans 3.23 and Romans 6.23, took him over to Romans 10.1 and 2, Romans 12.1, then back to Romans 8. And I walked him into a simple, clear presentation of the gospel and I just said, Mason, would you like to receive Christ? Are you ready to surrender? And he goes, yeah, that's exactly what I need. He just needed it spelled out for him. And so right here on the front row, last Sunday, as everybody's leaving and people are tearing down and putting stuff away, this young man gave his life to Jesus and his eternity is secure. His eternity is secure because you showed up and served on a Sunday. His eternity is served because you gave. His eternity is served, is secure because his family found family with you. That's how important it is, why it's so important. The writer of Hebrews tells us, don't ever neglect the gathering together of the saints. Why? Because you don't know what you're there for. It may be for you some Sundays and it may be for somebody else some Sundays. The key is this, Luke 12, 31. He will always give you all you need from day to day if you will make the kingdom of God your primary concern, your primary, your utmost concern. Legacy is all about what you're going to give to somebody else, not about what you get. Psalms 112, verse six says, surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. And I just want to end the story with a, a look at two different people. Back in the 1800s, 
uh, there was a sociologist named Richard uh, Dugdale, and he was in a member of the, the Prison Association of New York. And, and he would go and he would, he would uh, do counseling sessions and he would do research. And, and he came upon, as he was doing his studies, he came upon this guy that he called Max Jukes. And he found that as he looked at all these different prisons, he would go to this prison and that prison, and he'd see all these guys and all these prisons are somehow, re- there's a bunch of them that are related to each other. And he thought, I need to study this. So he studied this out and he found this guy, he traced it back to a guy he named Max Jukes. And out of Max's 540 descendants, 310 died as paupers. 180 had received 800 years worth of poverty relief, welfare. 800 years of the welfare system, 180 of them had received combined. 140 were convicted criminals, seven of them were murderers. 18 brothel keepers, 440 alcoholics, and 128 prostitutes. He found this. He thought, there's commonalities here. Why is that? What's going on in somebody's life that leads to a legacy that looks like this? And then he compared that to another legacy of a man named Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards had a 1,394 descendants. That's a big Christmas gathering. That's a big Thanksgiving meal. He had 1,394 descendants, 75 Army and Navy officers, 100 preachers and missionaries, 60 authors, one vice president of the United States, Aaron Burr, sir, right there. I knew somebody would like that. 80 became public officials in other capacities. Next slide or previous slide, go back to, sorry, Jay. Boom, 13 college or university presidents, 65 college or university professors, three United States senators, 30 judges, 100 lawyers, 60 physicians. There's a difference in legacy and he began with one man making a decision, good or bad, that I'm gonna be intentional about my legacy. Jonathan Edwards was a guy that was intentional about his legacy. My prayer is that we're dreaming for generations. God is a God of threes. He always saw three generations. He tells Timothy, he said, the faith that your mom has, Timothy, the faith that your mom's mom had. There's Timothy, his mom, and his mom's mom. He talks about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I wanna see three different generations that are ministering, serving, seeing people come to Christ. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says this, know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keeps his commands to a thousand generations. I'll have the band join me up front. He keeps his commands to a thousand generations. Can we commit church to being a people that honor the Lord, that seek to live the legacy. Legacy isn't just what we leave behind, it's something we're living right now. Like the legacy, dad, of you getting up in the morning and praying and your kids walking in the room and seeing you on your knees or in your Bible, that's a legacy. There's a legacy of you showing up early on that job and, and, and praying for all your coworkers. There's a legacy that you're building right there that you may not even see. There's a legacy in being excellent. There's a legacy in giving love and loving that person that you, quite frankly, cannot stand. There's a legacy you're building in Christ. I just wanna encourage you today as we close, if you would just pray with me, and I just wanna ask the Lord... God, what are you speaking to us about? 
And in your heart as we close, just pray that prayer. Lord, what, what would you speak to me? What would you share with me? What do you want me to do? What, you, what do you want me to apply? What's the legacy that you want me to leave? For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.